Hey folks, we come back to the source of things as we go into full comic book reviews over the comics that have come over over the first half of this fall with Bo and Travis Revis as they take you on a long road. And I mean long. This is our Jumbisode episode, guys. So sit through and get ready for the long haul as they give you a review and their opinion of the last couple of comics that have come out over this past fall. For this week's Geek of the Week, hit the music. I'm your freak of the week Hey kids, it's Bo, and I'm out here on assignment. I'm doing the thing with a special guest today. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, a possible new segment called Weekly, and where we're going to go over some uh, titles that are sort of jumped up in our face and we want to talk about uh, for various reasons. Uh, my special guest today is Mr. Travis Revis. Hey, how's it going? How you going? Hey, how's it going? Yes. And... Um, uh, Travis is uh, a, a contemporary of mine that he uh, actually does a lot more cooler stuff than I do on a regular basis. Uh, he actually works on comics. Um, he has uh, worked on things such as Accidental Aliens, as well as the Unstoppable Cherub. Cherub. Okay, it didn't and, record. Uh, he is uh, quite the uh, picture here in the uh, Southern California scene. So, uh, Travis, how about you tell us a little about yourself? Uh, sure. Um, so I, my name is Travis Revis, and I was born with an lim- upper limb difference called Tar Syndrome. Uh, and when I was growing up, I never saw anybody who looked like me in the TV or in movies or comic characters. Uh, and so I decided to create one. Because um, most of the time when you see a hero with a limb difference, they always cover it up with some kind of cybernetic arm or, you know, they change to look like everybody else. And... Um, and so I always kind of had that, that image that I couldn't be a hero. And, and as I got older, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa this is, that's not right. Uh, so I created the Unstoppable Cherub um, to be a hero for folks out there who have upper limb differences like me. Um, yeah. And uh, so I also work with the Accidental Aliens. They, we are a local comic book studio here in San Diego. And we put out an annual of... Um, an annual anthology of short comics every year. We're working on our third one right now, and we also produce our own superhero comics, and that's the label that Unstoppable Cherub is under. All right. Well, I'm not nearly half as productive as you or anybody else at Unstoppable Aliens. Um, someday I'll get around to uh, cranking out my, my perfect script uh, for a comic. Never gonna happen. Not um, that attitude. Yeah, yeah, right? It's like... Uh, I could do better than that. I really can't. Um, but all jokes aside, uh, this week has been uh, interesting. We've had a lot of uh, recent uh, changes and adjustments to the superhero scene uh, from Marvel and DC. Um, there are a lot of others as well. And at some point, I'm probably going to want to talk about the indie title, indie scene. Uh, sure. But I think today, <clears throat> I want to focus on the big two. That's Marvel and DC. And... Uh, one of the things that have sort of popped up uh, for Marvel is Spider-Geddon. And the reason Spider-Geddon is, is 
for me is relevant is because I've always been a big Spider-Man fan. Anybody who follows the podcast knows uh, I have feels about Spider-Man. Um, I took a break from comics because of Spider-Man after the Clone Saga. Uh, um, the, the original, the OG? The OG Clone uh, Saga. I had so much fun with that. It, it took me out, man. It just wiped me out. And I was like, I can't do the feels. It hurts too much. That, that original Scarlet Spider costume is one of my favorites. And I... I I get in so many arguments with my friends, and, and if you can't see, Bo's laughing right now. We can't be friends anymore. Uh, oh my god. He's a Scarlet Spider apologist. I, I am. I am. That's one of the things that brought me into comics. It's It was that. It was Age of Apocalypse and Death of Superman. Like Those are the, the three things that really uh, the big three. got me cemented. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, all things full circle. I'm back, <clears throat> and I have been for a while. And, uh... The current Spider Geddon is a, uh, a, not a retelling, but a, a spin-off, a branch off from uh, Dan Slott's uh, Spider Verse uh, that kicked out a kicked around a, a year or two ago. And uh, well, let's talk about the real reason why this book's coming out now. It's because in a couple of months we got a brand new Into the Spider Verse movie coming out, uh, which which I think looks like a heck ton of fun. Yes. Um, you don't have to censor yourself. We are weird when in, on the on the playlist. It is uh, NSFW um, because we drop. We, we tried for the first couple of seasons to try to like keep it as PG as possible. We failed. Uh, we even had little sound bites of ducks and dogs and kittens uh, blurring us out all the time. <clears throat> uh, but no, you're right. Um, all things said and done. I think Marvel's gotten a lot more savvy about right. trying to time uh, what they're putting out in other media yeah. with what they're putting out in the comics because they realize it's a very short step from the movie theater to a comic shop. It, it is, and I like that it's it's not just um, the tie isn't just relaunching the original series with a new number one like when they had uh, the Captain America movie came out. There was it was in the middle of a Ed Brubaker run and. A really awesome run, and then they just relaunched the title with the new number one and tried to have this new starting point. This, I think, having a event kind of miniseries feels a little more natural. Well, yeah, that, that, that was definitely a struggle for them because at that time, if you watched that first Captain America movie, or you would come out and be like, so where's Cap? He's dead right now. Yeah. Um, he just died, yeah. and uh, he may or may not be coming back. And, you know, like, talk about timing, you know? Or how about when the first Iron Man movie came out, uh, Iron Man in the movies was, or in the comics was uh, kind of a he was kind of a dick because it was just the end of Civil War and he is a bit of a fascist because he took over for Shield and he's hunting mm-hmm. down his friends and I think they made that turn pretty quickly too once they saw how well people responded to yeah to uh, Robert Downey Jr. who's a much more likable uh, Iron Man than in the comics at the time mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, yeah. and um, people were like who is this dick. <laughs> this guy's a jerk, man. Oh, why does anybody deal with him? Um, we, we joke often about Iron Man. And, like, you know you're in with the Iron Man crowd when he's punched you in the face at least once and you've been on his team at least once. <laughs> that's that's canon, you know? Mm-hmm. So many people who've been tight with Iron Man have gotten into a fight with him, whether he's drunk or angry or taken over by a robot that's, or that's something. That's his whole relationship with Rhodey. <laughs> like, Rhodey's always telling him what to do. And, yeah, yeah. And, and Tony's always telling him to piss off. It's like, you're not my real mom. Yeah. Okay, Tony, get off the sauce. Um, but Spider Geddon. But Spider Geddon. So um, the timing on this is great. I'm excited for the Into the Spider Verse. 
animated, uh, which looks really awesome, actually. And so now we have the continuation of that story from Dan Slott. Uh, if any of you don't know and didn't get a chance, uh, essentially, the story is is that there are several Spider-Men from several uh, universes, including the 616, 616 being the designation for the main Marvel continuity that we read all the time in Marvel Comics. And other other uh, universes have different number of designations, like the 8, 855 or the 1302 or whatever it is. And there'll be different Spider-Mans of different variations. Um, so you'll have, you know, the uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man comes from a different very variant uh, Earth as well. Are you a Miles guy? I like Miles. Yeah, I do too. Um, I Miles, I think, is, was a long time coming for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um, I feel in many ways that I don't get a lot of representation as a person of Hispanic descent who mm-hmm. doesn't really see any of me anywhere else. Right. Whether it's science fiction, comic books, you name it. Like, um, you had Vasquez and Aliens. Oh, we had. I'm, I'm Mexican too. And I get Adama. Like yeah. they, they're like, you had Adama. I'm like, yeah. We everybody gets one. Um, <laughs> or my buddy would constantly say, well, you got Jimmy Smith in Star Wars, and I'm like, we don't count that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's not talk about Mr. Smiths. Um, I liked him better in Rogue One, actually. Yeah, I think so. Um, but so now you have Miles Morales, you have. Spider Gwen, you have a lot of the characters that are going to show up in the animated, in this Spider Gwen story. And we got uh, we got Doc Ock in his brand new Spider Man costume as well. Superior octopus, sir. He's the superior octopus. Yeah, in the, in the, it's a very Spider Man like <laughs> costume. It's very spidery, yes. Yeah. Um, and so what's interesting is that uh, this is coming off of uh, Secret Empire, where um, Oct ends up working with Hydra. Because, mm. um, you know, it's, 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 he's, he's got a Kraken on his chest, you know, oh, right. it's, it's kind of Hydra-y. He's got lots of limbs. It was a perfect fit for a little while. Um, how did you feel about this? I mean, like... So, so I've been out of this the Spider-Man loop for a while. I did read the original series, the Spider-Verse. And so this is the sequel, and the it's got the inheritors. I think they're called. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of a cool. It's a cool intro. Um, they're pulling in a lot of the characters we know we're gonna see in the into the Spider Verse movie. We've got Spider Ham in here, Spider Gwen, Spider Man Noir. Um, it's a, it's it's a fun intro. I don't know if it's really locked me in yet. Um, I don't know if I would read a bunch of tie-ins. I'd probably just read the main series. I will say that the Jorge Molina art is on point. It's top shelf. Yeah. Uh, I've been following him on Instagram for a while, and he just keeps getting better and better. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. It's a fun read. I, my takeaway is that I thought the first uh, Spider-Verse was fine. It was a little much for me. I took a while to adjust. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um I wasn't prepared for that level of maximum Spider-Man. Right. Um, like that was a lot of Spider-Man. Like I, my body was not ready. Um, and this then, does seem like it has like a, a smaller team. It feels though, pared more cohesive down. Yeah. Group, and I, I do want to see how um, um, the Superior Octopus kind of gels with the team a little bit more. I thought that was a fun interaction between the mm-hmm. rest of them, and, and they said uh, they. I, I think they even said at one point. Uh, 
oh, we didn't bring Peter because it's just going to piss off Otto. Mm-hmm. And it's just make things so much worse. Uh, I don't remember Count Nefaria looking like Doctor Strange so much, though. Is that something new? Mm, yeah, I guess a little bit. I remember Nefaria being a little more nefarious looking. But, you know, <laughs> um, for me, I think it's a good idea to pare down uh, Spider-Verse unless they plan to open it back up. Which it would be fine if they did. Um, but there were so many so many dead Spider-Men in Spider-Verse yeah, well, through that arc. And, uh, spoiler, spoiler, there's a couple more in here as well. They, they killed a few more Spider-Men. I, I, I do feel a little... I have some kind of feels about one of the Spider-Men that die in the first issue of Armageddon. Uh, sorry, Spider-Geddon. And, um... Do you want to talk about which one? Or should we do full, yeah, full spoilers? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, if you don't want to hear spoilers, I would plug your ears for now, and then I'll let you know when it's safe to unplug them. Um, don't worry, I, I'll ask Mike to edit in uh, where I say, from here to here, you can skip forward and back. Uh, Mike, n- note please, um, somewhere in here, I will leave you a, a piece on the back end, all right? Thank you. Um, so, spoilers, uh, people die because the inheritors are really evil and bad and very murdery, and they eat spider people, and someone gets eaten very quickly. And, uh, yeah... I, I kind of liked Captain Britain Spider-Man. Yeah. And he was actually one of my favorites from the first iteration. And so they bumped him off very quickly. And I didn't... I, I don't know. I very, would think... Very haphazardly, too. It's just one of the other inheritors shows up from behind him and just quick snap of the neck and, and that's it. Didn't get a big hero moment or anything. Yeah, just like... And you're done. Yeah. Um, and, like, at least Spider-Man Noir went out... He went out swinging... Yeah, uh, he went out taking a couple shots against Moreland. Um, you know, eat this is the final line, which is awesome. <laughs> but then suddenly he's dead. But so like, but what I'm left with feeling is like they're really focused on paring down uh, the group for this uh, take on uh, Spider Geddon, um, and it's not going to be quite. I don't think it's going to be quite as big and expansive as no. Spider-Verse was. No, I, I think the, one of the bigger draws to this, too, is um, bringing in the, the Spider-Man from the new game. Yeah. Because um, I don't know if you've played it yet. I haven't got a chance to play it, but I hear it's, it's hot. I hear it's a really, really good game. It's a banger. Yeah. And so people are really excited about that. And I, I think Marvel kind of knew what the buzz they had going into this, so I think they're going to try to bring him in. Because... And, and, because Peter doesn't actually show up in this book at all. <clears throat> he's on the cover. He's on the cover just because it's a Spider-Man title, but Peter doesn't show up. No no Ben Riley, no Spider-Man 299, no Silk. There's a lot of characters on this cover here that don't, sure. don't actually show up. I mean, I guess if you like Spider-Man, um, you might like Spider-Geddon, if you liked, especially if you liked uh, Spider-Verse stuff. Yeah. It seems like a, a faithful sort of continuation uh, for the characters. If you cannot, if your heart cannot handle the loss of more spider people, I would definitely uh, dodge this one. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling that Spider Punk probably won't last through the series. Either. Don't say that. Why would you even put that out yeah. there? Like I'm sitting here thinking anybody but Spider Punk. Yeah. Because like he's the best one of the bunch. Like he's the most like the most interesting and fun. And I'm like, they didn't get him the first go around. He's probably not making it through the second. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, they, they're not going to take out Spider-Gwen. They're not going to take out... Why not? Why is she not able to be taken out? Silk, 
any of them because because she's a hot new property. She's showing up in the in the Spider Verse movie. I think they're she's in the, West Coast Avengers. She's fine. <laughs> There's no telling where and when this takes place in continuity, like most Spider Verse stuff. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's she's supposed to be the main Spider Gwen from Earth. Whatever the Jason Aaron, Robbie Rodriguez Earth was that they originated her from. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if you if you wanted to do an alternate version where she dies, you cannot probably do that. But I think this is supposed to be well, the main I, main one. And they got Mayday Mayday in here as well. And I really liked Mayday in the last Spider Verse uh, event. I thought what she was doing, like uh, protecting her brother and running around, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, so she's kind of the one that I hope makes it through. More than Spider-Punk. Let's leave Spider-Punk alone. Okay, there's plenty of Spider-People to go around, okay? Leave Spider-Punk alone. On that cover, I distinctly see your Scarlet Spider on there, so he can certainly uh, take a a turn at that. Ben Riley, he's died multiple times, I'm sure. They can kill him, he'll be back soon enough. You you think he's safe because they're tired of taking him out? It was like, we've killed him so many times. I mean... Maybe I mean that's it'll touch on something we'll talk about later, but mm-hmm. I feel like um, just because you kill off a character or brought a character back recently doesn't mean he's necessarily safe. That is true. Um, so I'm gonna give this uh, some consideration. I'm gonna follow it and I'm gonna keep reading it because it has my interest. I'm curious to see where they go with it. They have potential. How many thwips would you give this out of five? Out of five thwips, I'll give this three thwips. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair score. Three three whips is okay. Is pretty solid. Three dangly spiders, um, and again, it's just started. Uh, the reason I give it three primarily is because of one of the ancillary sort of books, uh, which was Edge of the uh, Spider Geddon, and it had to do with uh, the two Spider Men, the Uncle Ben Spider Man and the the little young Spider Man. Oh, I didn't get to read it. I haven't read any of the Edge the, the Spider Geddon stuff. This is my I, I think my they're first just dive into the Spider Geddon. They're just sort of like short lead in, so you can expect yeah. which characters are going to be showing up in the main continuity. Um, but they broke the golden rule, and that is you can never bring Uncle Ben back, and that's why it gets three, uh, like a tentative on the fence three, because they played with that the first time around too in mm-hmm. Spider Verse. That's right, where there was the Uncle Ben on the plant on the world where everyone's gone. Right. And so like I'm like, okay, you did it once, you get the pass, but if you do it again, you know, Uncle Ben is the sacred cow in Marvel, right? He doesn't come back. Well Gwen, I've seen Gwen Captain Marvel. Gwen Stacy was that for a while and so was Bucky. But and... she got brought back a couple of times yeah. at this point. But Uncle Ben has stayed dead forever. And so now I go, okay, they, they won't bring Marvel back because of space cancer. That kind of wipes you out, right? Right, and they're, that and Carol is kind of a hot new thing right now. And they're going to get the movie coming up. So um, Uncle Ben really is sort of like the last dead guy standing that they have not and will not bring back. So it's just this just their way to kind of get around yeah. that and dangle that sort of like, but Uncle Ben, look at him. You miss him. You want him back. We're gonna, we're gonna, no, 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 we're not gonna give you Uncle Ben yet. Um, so yeah, they'll have, they'll have me for at least another three issues. Nice. And so I'll see, I'll see where this goes. Well, it's a, it's a five issue series, so yeah. if you have another three, you might as well finish off with the with the with finale. The, yeah. 
It's not Dan Slott, so they'll have my. They'll, they'll probably get me through five. Yeah, I, I like Christos Gage a lot. I really liked his uh, Avengers Academy. Was it Aven- Academy? Was Academy, it yeah. yeah. I get that mixed up with the one where they killed them all. The arena. Uh, Avengers Arena. And that was Dennis Hopeless and Kev Walker. Yeah. Uh, but I like that one. That one was that one was messed up. I mean, yeah. it was a little Battle Royale, but it was still really good. Yeah. Um, Even the cover was the Battle Royale cover. Exactly. Um, but that, that will be something that I bring up when you bring up something later on. Okay. Where we're talking about that sort of situation when it comes to heroes and right. how, how often right. they do or don't uh, take a vacation. All right, kids. So we're going to move on from uh, one Marvel to another. And speaking of kids and Marvel franchises, we're going to talk about Extermination. Yes. So Travis is a big X-Men fan. I tried and true, tried and true. Uh, the, the, my biggest comic collection is uh, Uncanny X-Men. I'm, I'm trying to go back and get as many as I can. The mutants are so near and dear to my heart. And I know you and I have, have had our disagreements about this a few times, but I really, really enjoyed when Brian Michael Bendis brought back the OG, the 05 X-Men, and brought them into the present. I thought there was a lot of fun there with having the younger versions interact with um, the older versions. I thought it was really solid storytelling. Um, and, and I've heard the argument saying that it's kind of gone on a little too long. I was about to say, don't you feel it's dragged a bit? A, a little bit. I think with the, you know, I had fun with X-Men Blue, but I, I think that kind of lost its way a little bit. Uh, the Dennis Hopeless run with all new X-Men was a lot of fun, but didn't really necessarily serve a larger storytelling purpose. Um, so this is the story where they're starting to send them all back, um, or at least that's the promise. And if you know what's coming ahead with Uncanny X-Men, it looks like they're, they're going to fulfill that promise. But so, like, how long has it been since the old-school OG X-Men were brought into the continuity with the current X-Men? It was right after Avengers vs. X-Men. AVX, and that's got, what, that six two, years? That was 2011, and I think they, this started in 2012. Yeah, uh, so it feels like it's been about six years. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. It's, it's fine. I, they promised that it was going to be the new um, status quo. Which was fine. I thought it was more interesting, though, when uh, some of the characters weren't around. Like, so you had a younger Gene and not an older Gene. You had the original Angel, and then you had this newer mind-wiped Angel. Um, but now that they're kind of returning to that, you know, we brought back Gene. And uh, I think, I don't remember if Angel is his old self yet or not. Um I think it's kind of it loses that punch a little bit, especially bringing Jean back. I think that was the mm-hmm. big one, where I think now now that she's back, having two Jeans and two Icemen and two Angels, they kind of there's no real one Scott. Yeah, one Scott. One Scott to save <laughs> save them all, right? Yeah, there, there's not that uniqueness amongst those characters, um, so I, I think now's a good time to to send them back, and um, but so now let me ask you. What what ultimately do you think what what was served by having them here and then sending them back? Like we knew everybody knew they were going to go back or not. When we, like you have to go back within the stipulation that we're talking about the mutants and their propensity for time shenanigans. 
Um, I mean, I feel like they don't they don't have to go back. Um, I feel like it's comics. You could always do like, oh, were they they were originally from an alternate past, not our actual past, which they kind of tease a little bit in the the Dennis Hopeless stuff. Um, you know, they didn't they didn't have to. What was ultimately served? You know, I thought there were some good stories that came out of it. Okay. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun and. Um, that's that's do, good do, enough for me. Do you think it made enough of a change or an impact within the main continuity, though? Or within a year of this being sort of resolved, does it just go back to the status quo like nothing ever happened? Because I guess for me, I look at it from the long ball, right? Mm-hmm. I go, there have been a handful of hallmark X-Men moments that have shaped the direction that the X-Men go. Right. Um, Messiah Complex being a big one. Yeah. Um... And uh, ADX is a big one too. Extinction Agenda, um, uh, Wolverine becoming team leader in Australia. Uh, <laughs> bad choices or, are made. Or the schism when you had the two schools. You had yeah. the, the Wolverine and the students, and and Cyclops leading uh, Utopia. That was some. That was some good stuff. And so, like these sort of watershed moments in the X Men continuity, sort of like have the greatest impacts and make the biggest waves. And sort of things navigate from there, right? Um, Beast bringing the old OG characters back. I look at it and I go, but the ultimate problem with that idea is it's short-sighted. It's the, the idea of paradox, right? So he brings him here and goes, look what you become. You're these terrible people. Yeah. You suck. Especially Scott. Like, it's clearly a yeah, shot at Scott. Yeah, that's the one that had the most... I think it had the most effect on Scott because then he could, then his younger self can see the mistakes that he made, um, and then maybe have some kind of further impact. And if if older Scott was still alive, then he might make those changes. But I but Beast was, is too smart for that. You see, Beast is a really one of the smartest minds in the Marvel universe, and he right. doesn't get enough credit. But he understands the implications of affecting the past and the. God damn it, he's dealt with the X-Men time crap for so long. He has to know you don't throw a rock in the puddle. It doesn't matter anymore. Cable doesn't matter. Like, Rachel. Okay, so let's let's get right into it, right? So an extermination. And if you want to talk about paradoxes, let's talk about extermination. But this is why I think this is an important discussion, because this really does affect the continuity, and, like, it threatens itself. In its very own inception and idea, like it creates a pre a predestination moment, I guess you could say. And, mm-hmm. and again, let's let's get into spoilers for this series. All right, so spoilers again, kids. Um, extermination is a rehash of a really great uh, villain from back in the day called Ahab. Mm-hmm. I liked Ahab a lot. Uh, Hokey, there's a future present. There's a future present, and and Hokey theme. He's a, a mutant pirate. Uh, hence the name Ahab, and he likes hunting down mutants. Um, he's got a peg leg and everything. He's got a peg leg, and he, you feel like he should be saying yar half the time, right? Does he not? <laughs> More than he does. <laughs> <laughs> like, yar, there he blow. Um, what did you say, Ahab? Yar, it's fine. Don't be judging me. Um, and Ahab's this wonderful uh, villain with this wonderful power uh, to be able to turn mutants into hounds and hunt more mutants down, right? Um, so he can track down mutants, he can tra- transform mutants 
into the sort of hunter uh, mentality, pack hunter mentality creatures, and that they'll just disregard any previous ideas of their previous existence, relationships, everything else, and just focus on sort of hunting down uh, whatever mutant Ahab points them at. And Rachel Gray is the only one who's ever really broken that before. Yes, and Rachel is the only one. And Rachel Gray, the slight backstory on that is uh, more time shenanigans. Uh, See, it doesn't matter. <laughs> killing me. Um, Rachel is the daughter of Scott and Jean. Uh, from the future. From so the future. Been born yet. Um, and it's not Scott and Madeline like uh, Cable is. But and, and who's Madeline? Madeline is the magical clone, magical space clone of the original Jean Grey, who becomes the Goblin Queen, I believe it is. That's right. Um, who then later gets possessed by Malice. And <laughs> but the continuity, folks. Continuity, okay, it's important. Um, oh, man. Professor X is rolling over in his grave. Oh, wait. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so, right. He came, he came back. <laughs> he came back. So uh, a lot of people have come back, and this is the other theme for the, the podcast, is uh, the propensity for Marvel's Merry Mutants to come back a lot. Um, in the current arc and iteration, um, we have the uh, quote-unquote time-displaced OG 70s uh, happy-go-lucky mutants uh, in the main continuity as well as their contemporary counterparts, uh, as Travis said earlier. Um, and, of course, uh, no Wolverine, because there can only be one, right? Now, <laughs> but... Unless you count Old Man Unless Logan, you count Old Man Logan. Or Laura, or Dawkins, or James. Let's, let's, let's stick with Old Man Logan okay, for now. Okay, Old Man Logan. Old Man Logan is a Wolverine from another alternate timeline. <laughs> Where um, bad things happen, and he's one of the few survivors, uh, as one would expect. At any rate, uh, he's part of the X-Men faction at this point in time, and they're standing because Wolverine died just a little bit ago. Which I feel like they're probably... I feel like Old Man Logan will probably go back to the future at the end of this series did, what, I'm well. sorry, what did you say? Gonna get hit by 1.21 gigawatts of adamantium or something. Um, oh yeah. But the, there's there's one big character that you haven't brought up yet. There's a, a younger version of a character. So uh, here here we go with the spoilers. Someone is kidnapping the OG X Men while Ahab is basically running around uh, collecting and taking out uh, several of the X Men. Uh, there's a little bit of confusion as to who's doing what and why. Um, and so they assume, uh, and rightfully so, that it's Ahab doing all the things. Because once they get wind that Ahab's there, they're like, oh, of course, Ahab. Makes sense. Um, but the Ahab isn't the only person collecting mutants. It's actually Cable. But... And not Cable Cable. It's not just Cable. Who is it, Travis? It is a young Cable... From before he, um, I assume it's before he fought against Apocalypse, before he became, fully became the Ascanison. Mm-hmm. Um, he has gone back and told the OG X-Men, you can't be here. 
you need to go back in time and the older cable tries to stop him and the young cable ends up killing his future self creating a predestination paradox where at some point cable is going to be killed by his younger self so that said um i have two problems with this not my issue is not predestination paradox or even time funky continuity issues with the x-men because as travis pointed out uh comics are weird Mm -hmm. and the x-men are some of the weirdest comics um i don't know what anybody has any right introducing magic into x-men continuity but that's a thing that happened magic the character or magic the element the element of magic. Oh, um, I don't know, man. That's one of my favorite things about bringing back the the OG X Men was having Beast, this man of science, start to learn magic and, and learn how they blend. So if they if you have big blue beast doing magic in future issues, I am so on board for that. The fuzzy sorcerer supreme. Mm-hmm. Oh my hoary hogoth and garters. Um, writes itself. Doesn't writes it? itself, right? Uh. So, <laughs> young Cable, who I don't believe has half the experience, uh, weaponry, or know-how to be able to beat older Cable, and this is the crux of my issue, um, kills, apparently, older Cable. Uh, I would like to think that the experience edge would go to uh, older Cable, as well as the ability to adapt to a ambush situation. But no, he just dies. Uh, younger Cable literally just takes him out like it was Tuesday, and then proceeds to snap up. No, 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 no. Up. This is comics, on like a Wednesday. Like a Wednesday, fair. Like a Wednesday, and then proceeds to snap up a miscellaneous X Men out of time. Um, one would like to think he would grab Old Man Logan, but I would probably leave him for last, for lots of reasons. Anyways. Um, it appears Cable's intent <clears throat> is to fix them and send them back. Uh, how he's planning to mind-wipe them so that they don't remember half of the things and screw up with the continuity, I don't know. I'm um, assuming he has a Charles Xavier in his back pocket. Uh, yeah, I, I have a theory on that. And what would that be? Uh, I think he he's basically going to convince Gene that that's what needs to happen, and, and young Gene is going to mind-wipe all of them. Why not old Gene? Um, I feel like <clears throat> isn't she more powerful? On, she is. I just don't think she's going to be on board. I think it's going to come down to, you know, I think storytelling wise, it's going to make more sense that it's Young Jane that they actually go along with it and say this is this is what needs to happen because um, they uh, they had that fight in the um, the Battle of the Atom was basically the older X Men saying um, we're not going to force you to go back. It's eventually going to be your choice. And this is, it's going to be younger Jean saying, okay, this is, this is what we have to do. And she's going to mind wipe. And I also think that she might put a little, a little mind, a subliminal mind nugget in uh, young Scott to make sure that he doesn't get uh, taken out by the, the inhuman cloud later on. So that's going to be the back door to bring Cyclops back in. Well, now, okay. So... Before we even get to the Inhuman Cloud, because that's a whole thing, right? It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, we have to look at the uh, the fallout of AVX, which leads straight to Scott and the Phoenix Force, which leads to the death of Professor X, which leads to Beast wanting to tell Cyclops about himself, right? Mm-hmm. If the nugget is 
to protect him from the Phoenix Force so that he doesn't take Professor X out, wouldn't that make more sense? Because then you don't have to worry about any of the other things happening, really. Oh, would it make more sense? Sure. But is Marvel going to go back and redo the last six years of continuity? No. Why not? It's X-Men. It is, it is X-Men. Like you said, like none of this matters. <laughs> no, it, it, does, it doesn't matter. I just don't see them doing that. I, think, I just see them kind of picking up the thread from where they have last left off. So I think it's just going to be... It's just going to be the back door to bring back Scott and, and not to uh, well, do all this. I mean, unless unless you get like a new, you know, X Men editor in there who wants to just undo the last few years of stuff, I just don't see it happening. Well, what I really want is I want her to do that thing. I, I kind of like what you're going where you're going with this. Yeah. And then I want there to be this moment where like they go and they jump in a car and it goes 88 miles an hour and they go back <clears throat> and then as soon as they leave. <laughs> Another car pulls right up in, and out comes Cyclops in cowboy gear. <laughs> Logan, you gotta come back with me. You gotta come back. <laughs> Where? Where? To Days to... of Future Past. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. Um, you know, and of course he has a cyber arm and one eye, and like it's glowing like cable, and like. But but wait, what are you doing? And it's like, and his one. So now, of course, he has one regular eye, but one Cyclops-powered eye. Oh, so like, I, so like Age of Apocalypse. Exactly. Cyclops. Yeah. 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 We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> probably not, though. Probably not. Um, <clears throat> but the, the, that's the fun part about it, is because you never know. Yeah. The reality is, is they're moving so many uh, <clears throat> continuity pieces around the board. Right. I didn't personally expect Young Cable to kill old cable to fix the problem i expected old cable to do it and apparently he didn't do it fast enough so uh young cable was like chop chop old man out you go no but the one of the fun things about this series though is that um with the death of older cable we now have a the original x-force team who is hunting down the younger cable Mm -hmm. because they're they're looking for the, the person who uh so if they, if, but if they kill Young Cable, they've killed their leader. They, this, this is true, and that's their. They're trying to. They're, they're on a mission to kill whoever it is. Uh, they don't know yet that it's Young Cable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last, the last page of the last issue is Young Gene leading X Force <clears> and <throat> coming face to face with him. Um, again, this is another beautiful book. Uh, the art is the art is amazing. I love yeah. the art. Yeah. Um, the story is a lot of fun. It's a little it's a little all over the place, uh, as one would expect from a really chaotic situation of a young cable body sliding all over the place uh, and snapping up X Men and Ahab and a bunch of hounds. Um, and so the fun part about Ahab and sort of my segue into all the shenanigans is Ahab apparently uh, had his A game on because. Uh, he starts snapping his fingers, and people all over the place, uh, X-Men in particular, start turning into hounds. Ahab can't really do that very easily. It takes Ahab time. So Ahab has now apparently concocted the ability to just instantly turn someone into a hound. Uh, well, there was something about there a is. couple of kids. Yeah, so the that. A-game is Ahab pre-planted two mutants yeah. inside the X-Men and said, Hey... I know you're going to pick these kids up because you like helping kids. And they're apparently actually agents for Ahab. 
They're two mutants with the ability, uh, psychic ability to implant thoughts and memories. And between the two of them, they basically fast track the process of the, the hound making and they can instantaneously create anyone into a hound. And this is not nearly a half as cool as when old man Logan becomes a hound <laughs> with a snap of fingers. And I'm like, oh God. That, that's that's horrifying. Yeah, you're screwed. Um, and so now Old Man Logan is a hound. Several of the X-Men are hounds. <clears throat> and they're trying to figure out ways to like stop him and reverse that process. I don't think they'll free Old Man Logan of houndom. Call it a hunch. Because, <clears throat> as exciting and fun as this is, we segue to the idea that there is a current Wolverine back in continuity who is back from the dead. And if he's back from the dead... You don't need an old man, Logan, because you have actual Wolverine. Oh, before we get on to that, how many, how many X's do you give uh, Extermination? Oh, uh, I will give it four. I would give it more, but I can't because I can't guarantee that someone's not going to drive back in a DeLorean. <laughs> uh, and I really, really want somebody to. That's kind of how I feel about the time stuff going on is yeah. like... It, I'm just excited to see what wonky time-related shenanigans they pull out of their pocket for any of yeah. this at this point. Like, it's all fair game. I can expect, you know, old woman Mystique and, you know, baby Kurt just popping out of the blue as yeah. like, like, wait, what? Like, literally anything is fair game anymore. <laughs> I, I like how you said oh, Mystique and, and Kurt were popping out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> Bamf. It, it's because they're blue, folks. And because he pops and bamps. Um, so, uh, 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 yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I would give it uh, 4.25. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun with it. I like it a lot. The art's great. Um, probably one of my favorite X-Men events in um, in a while. Definitely, definitely since um, Bendis left, I would say. Um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. The only thing I, my only contention with it, and it's not even the story elements or anything like that, it's like, it feels like there's so much going on that there isn't enough pages for everybody to do something. Right. And it feels like in some, through half of the book, literally people are just standing there saying nothing for the purpose of exposition to move the plot along. X-Men. Exposition. Exposition. That, that'll be the next the next event is exposition. exposition. Just people as, talking around for as if, <laughs> They talk about where are we within our own time stream. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. But, okay, so no more Old Man Logan. We have The Return of Wolverine Not by Charles Sewell. And the Wolverine. The Wolverine, Charles Sewell and Steve McNiven. Uh, he's back, folks. They've been doing the hunt for Wolverine for the past... Five or six months now, and now he's yep. he's back, back. They've been going through adamantium uh, agendas and Madripoor mysteries, mm -hmm. all these things to find Wolverine. And he wasn't in any of them. There's a bunch of red herrings, folks. Yep. Although but, Psylocke is back in her original body. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, I, I haven't read the story. Um, at first, I was, you know, I'm someone who's for more representation in comics, so I thought they were just taking away um, another Asian character. Um, I guess from my understanding is that they're both still around. 
Um, and so, I don't know. I'd have to read it to really make up my mind. Um, yeah, I don't, not, not really sure yet. Okay. I'll, we'll see when... I mean, I guess both of them are going to be in the Uncanny X-Men series that's coming up, so I'll pick that up and I'll let you know what I think. Roger that. What about you? What do you think? I think, <clears throat> much like Iceman, uh, the big upset Marvel sometimes feel like some of their characters aren't popular enough or interesting enough to be a draw and a pull, and someone gets the idea in their head, oh, well, this person may or may not have popped up in a movie that was moderately successful or interesting maybe we need to look at that and do something and shake that up um yeah but i would argue that um Psylocke became more interesting when she became the the, oh, the ninja and the absolute bikini uh, 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 <laughs> absolutely but i think that the idea of like how interesting is she if she's been like that and hasn't really like moved mm. anything around right, right. uh for interest uh, since then, like I personally loved her when she was uh, the hand, the the hand of uh, in Madripoor. Uh, what's his name's hand? Assassin. Uh, Mandarin. Right? Mandarin. Yeah, 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 the hand of Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and I loved that costume. Yeah. I loved that look. I thought she was great as a bad guy um, slash rogue in the yeah. middle there. Um, good antihero. Good antihero. And then she inevitably sort of makes that sort of uh, segue as as one of the main primary X Men, which I was fine with. Um, I liked her as, I mean, the complicated backstory that it is, I was fine with her being Psylocke, um, as a ninja with psychic powers and all the things. Um, my buddy is not a big fan of her, um, or her power set or any of the things for miscellaneous reasons, but I thought she was fine. Um, but again, like, if you want to really sort of like get her more profile and notice, do a drastic visual change of her. Um, and then people go, oh, what are you doing to this character? You're changing stuff. What? What's going on? And, um, that reminds me of another book we're going to talk about. Oh, yes. <laughs> There's more, kids. Um, and so I think like it's, it's changed for the sake of change on some part and necessary on other parts. So yeah. it's, it's kind of like a 50-50 yeah, for we'll, me. We'll see. Um, one of my favorite Psylocke costumes was before the change. She had that purple one with the, the hood. hood and that's an awesome costume. So if they yeah. if they bring some back some version of that, I'm I'm all for it. I think they're going in that direction ish, but I didn't think I don't think I wanted to just rehash that look. That's fair. Um That's fair. But for me more interesting than that is like her character traits and personalities rather than her look. Okay. Um Are they gonna make her a supermodel again? <laughs> Probably not. I don't think this is the time or place for that. <laughs> Call it a hunch. The 90s are back, but not that much. Um, so, speaking of people coming back in, in their original form, uh, Wolverine is back after we had much uh, hunting and pecking and looking and scratching and digging. And, uh, yeah, so he has hot claws. Hot claws. Hot lava It sounds like a, a thing from a video game that I played in the 90s, but whatever. You know what this um, kind of reminds me of? Um, you know, do you remember a few years ago they gave the new 52 Superman the, the solar burst? The solar flare. Uh, yeah, yeah, the solar flare. It's like, the, you know, Superman isn't awesome enough. We have to give him some something even Everyone's, more. Every few years they'll give him something yeah. that, he, that he won't use for the next three decades. Yeah. It's just, it felt like uh, we have to think of something. So, okay, he can explode now. Um, I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how I feel about the hot claws. I don't necessarily know how that makes 
his any kind of more sense. powerful. Or well, he's know. so angry and warm, hot blooded, like a Hispanic people's that like it heats up the adamantium, <laughs> which is easily heated up in as it said in the one movie or whatever, and you know makes him hot and sizzling and searing. So when he stabs people, no blood comes out. Which yeah. makes them much more viable for cartoons. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Logan's already a pretty overpowered character. They might want to think about taking away from him instead of adding to him. Like I think when uh, that happens in waves. Like when they killed him off, they started sort of like peeling him back a little bit. Well, yeah, that was like um, I think I think that was even because of the Wolverine movie, the one mm-hmm. set in Japan. Which that was one of the more interesting elements of that movie to me is that he couldn't just go running in and getting shot. He actually had to heal up. So yeah. That's when Wolverine's more interesting to me, but this is, he, the, the return of Wolverine has all the Wolverine hallmarks, he's on a motorcycle, he has amnesia, he's getting shot up. And uh, to think he worked so hard to get all his memories back, you know? Yeah, If it wasn't for Wanda and the House of M stuff, like, and it's all gone again, you know? Like, Jesus, people, like, make up your minds. Yeah, um... The problem is that we as readers already know what that origin is. Yeah. Um, so it, I don't know how... I always thought it was a bad sense. idea to actually reveal or like pick a pony for his origin. In yeah. some ways, I think not having a clear clue as to what that yeah. actually is uh, added to him rather than took away. Yeah, it's, it's hard. Because once you define it, you're stuck with it. It's hard because I, I agree with you, but at the same time, I really enjoy the... Art and and the story of origin, um, I think it was a very. Who's well Jay Lee? Yeah, it was no, it was Paul Jenkins. Okay. It was Andy Kuber and Richard Eisenhove on colors. Okay. And what was really nice. Why about I remember it, Jay Lee, or was that just a couple of covers? Jay, let's see. Um, I know Origin Two was Kieran Gillen and Adam Kubert. Okay, it could, it could um, just be Kubert's. Work that's yeah, I, you know what? It might have been Jay on the covers. Okay. No, that was actually no, that was Joe Casada. Uh, but but I thought it was a really well told story. But I also agree with you that I think giving him a definitive origin kind of makes him a little less interesting. Um, and we didn't need to explain his desire for redheads either. Okay, so I wasn't a big fan of the bone claws thing. I oh, never I have been. They've been doing that. They did that for even before Origin, though. Now it goes back to um, Magneto yanking the, yeah. the bone out of his body, and they had to come up with something, I guess. But I mean, that's a bad segue right to uh, Noseless Wolverine, and, or as I call him, El Wolverino with the uh, Bandito <laughs> mask. Um, <sighs> comics, folks. Comics, X Men comics sometimes. Wolverine comics all the time. Um, so Wolverine comes back. Uh, and as the saying goes, he got better. Um, direct X Men quote right there. He died and he got better. And so now he can heat his claws. And to what added effect? It's cool. Um, and of course, he wakes up in a Weapon X lab, having no, I think it's a Weapon X, just a lab. No, they, um, they gave it a name. This new organization has a name that I couldn't. But it's very reminiscent uh, of the Weapon yes, X sort of project, very, right? Like, yeah. he wakes up, has no idea what's been going on. Sierta or something like that. Mm. Uh, and uh, so, of course, like, he doesn't know who he is. And he's running into people in situations. And he's having some bits of flashback as to who he was uh, when they 
when he sees or hears something. Um, the first person he runs into is a scientist, of course, who's a, a specialist in extinct, extinct species. Because, uh, you know, Wolverine is nothing if not an extinct species. Um, and uh, You know what is an extinct species? Sabertooths. Oh, Sabertooths. That's right. That was in there, too. Just so it could die, and so he could see it and remember Sabertooth, his arch nemesis. <laughs> um, hey, they threw a mastodon in there for good measure, a mammoth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so he jumps on his motorcycle, starts shooting stuff up, starts fighting. Um, someone's like, you need to help us. And they're like, you're the hero we need. You're the hero we want. You're definitely the hero we deserve. Um, and so he's sort of talking to himself and going through his own memories, going, yeah, I used to be a hero, you know. Yeah, that was one of the more interesting things about this this series for me, is having the different versions of himself locked up in his, his little mind cage and being able to access it when he needed it. I think mm-hmm. that can make some for some really interesting stories. Um, very very Legion reminiscent. Mm-hmm. Um, As so, a vehicle, it makes a storytelling sense. Yeah, yeah. and it's a, it's a really cool vis- visualization of that. A um, couple of things I wasn't too keen on, though, is this new costume. Um, I was talking about it with a friend of ours just before we started recording, and it's very reminiscent of a, of a bellhop. You know, all he needs is a little a little hat or something. He's ready to take up. Well, the, I mean, the, the colors are black and red, right? Yeah. And what does that remind you of? Uh, Return of Superman? Oh, right. Oh, right. yeah. Steel. Well, that was st- black and steel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, you get the, the reference there. It's yeah. like, I've come back from the dead, and the color I wear is black, and another accent color. Right, right. Um, and right after, they explain to us exactly why he wears yellow and blue, which... Um, the, that that needed about as much as much explanation as Han Solo's last name. Yeah, it didn't need to happen. Yeah. It really because of these reasons. No, no, maybe he those were just the colors at the time. Uh, well, and that and then it's it's the blue and gold of the X Men. Yeah, because you know? everybody was wearing those colors. Yeah. It wasn't special. It wasn't. Oh, look at me! That's what they all wore because you wanted to look at them. Period. Yeah. I mean, eh. it's a well drawn sequence. Um, McNiven is his style is kind of mudding up a little bit, not mudding up in a good way, where it's a little more, uh, a little more textured than before. Where I think he had a really clean style. Um, I mean, it's, it's a well-drawn book, probably not. I wasn't as big a fan of like the paneling; it wasn't consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, the paneling was a bit all over the place, so sometimes it would be sort of like uh, it would give the feeling of like a little bit of chaos and then like this structure that was not necessarily the cleanest to follow for action sequences Um, and then it would do like some dramatic paneling of horizontal and then other dramatic paneling of vertical lines for whatever reason Um, it just didn't feel consistent Um, like it slowed down my reading and the pacing of it Uh, it was okay it wasn't terrible but I, I guess I expected a lot more fanfare um, for Wolverine's return yeah I, I was kind of expecting to, to not necessarily set up a new status quo but kind of give him something new to play with other than just the claws it just felt very uh, very safe I guess yeah, very, that's a not... lot of those Wolverine tropes like I said he's on a motorcycle 
He's got amnesia. And Smoking cigars, drinking smoking, beers, yeah. feeling hurt, beat up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's the first in this series, so we'll see where it goes. Um, and he's supposed to go from this to a Wolverine with a time stone, I guess. Right. Remember that part? Yeah, yeah, from in, Infinity. I'm not reading Infinity Wars right now, so I'm not too keen on what's but basically, going on all there. He shows up with a time stone. Yeah, and that was in the um, the legacy, which opens up before the return of Wolverine of all things. So I mean, it's a time stone. It's a safe uh, <laughs> MacGuffin, if anything, to give him because it could happen anytime or anywhere. Yeah, where he comes across the time stone and sets sequences into or events into spiraling out of uh, the comics. Like, I'm going to take this stone, I'm going to go back here and make sure this thing happens over here. And Wait, what are you doing, Wolverine? Whatever I want. I got the time stone. You know what he should do? He should use the time stone to go back and get young Wolverine and bring him into the future. And then we can have more Wolverines running around. Don't we already have that? We need. There needs to be... Every X-Men team needs a Wolverine. There are clones of him at this point. He's got a son. He's got clone female daughter of him of weirdness of who herself. has a sister who has I don't know how that happens she may or may not be a clone anymore I don't know clearly Wolverine has been busy uh, in his absence and you know uh, there's an older version of him there's, look, there's plenty of Wolverine look, to go around we need more Wolverines we have a Wolverine with three claws X-23 is a Wolverine with two claws and feet claws uh, and feet claws Honey Badger which is the sister she has one claw I'm not going to be satisfied until we've got a Wolverine with ten claws. Deacon. Oh, wait. That's uh, the uh, oh. Death Strike. No, no, no. Uh, the, the, the the Super Wolverine with the claws and back when that I tried to burn out of my memory. Uh, was it Romulus? Oh, is that what he was? Kind of like a combination of Sabretooth and Wolverine. Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. There was always a blonde and a brunette who was always like at war uh-huh. with each other. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we need. That's what we, we need. need. More. We need more of that. Yeah, every every version of Wolverine's been done. The the proto Wolverine, that's like seven feet tall and like. Did he have a nose? Barely, <laughs> barely. But he had the big hair. Yeah, he did. And like that's the long right. hair in the back, and he had like lots of claw going on, and he was just like the alpha Wolverine. Comics kids. So many Wolverines. So Wolverine's back. Old Man Logan's probably on the outs. Uh, yeah. The X-Men are back. The kids are probably on the outs. Um, am I missing anybody anywhere? Uh, I think that's oh, it. Wait. How many snicks does this get? How many claws? This gets one. Uh, <laughs> one claw? <laughs> one claw. The middle claw. Um, because this could have been done so much better. Yeah. Um, to and so it much such more a effect. long lead-in, too. Like the build-up. long lead-in. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, all the effort they put into building this up and the execute is just like, oh, and we're back to status quo. Yeah. Like, really? Come on, guys. You could do better than status yeah. quo for Wolverine. I don't think I'm going to pick up the rest of this series. I, I might read um, whatever series follows this and see if it goes in an interesting direction, but um, as far as this one, I'm, I'm kind of out. I'm, I'm a little... Uh, Berserker clawed out myself. And I'm an X guy. Like, I'm an X fan. I'm This book should be geared for me. And well, right, right up until Wolverine dies, I feel like he had a lot of character development and was really good. Schism, all these sorts of things, these changes. Wolverine goes to hell, come back. Yeah. All this is all character growth for Wolverine and it's good stuff. And then it's like, board yeah. white. Yeah. You know, just... Let's start over. Yeah. So I mean, his memory could still come back. They, they, might, they might not completely Nightwing him, but uh, we'll see what happens. 
So yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see. Um, one claw. How about you? How many claws from you? Um, you know, I'll give it two for the McNiven art. Um, plus some some couple of interesting uh, story elements here, but not not enough for me to keep going on that one. Okay. And speaking of things, we're <laughs> we're bringing back from from the past. Yes, this is. This was one I really enjoyed, actually. So we have uh, the X-Men Black. Because every X-Men series needs to have a color now. Yep. Um, it's like uh, Green Lantern Rings. Yep. Green Lantern Rings. I won't be happy until we get the uh, Ultraviolet, X-Men Ultraviolet. <clears throat> X-Men Periwinkle. Periwinkle. Uh, X-Men Fuchsia. Yep. Days of Future. Uh, Days, Days of Future, future past. past. There we go. And who's who's on the cover? Magneto, because of course it is. Yeah. Uh, but this is actually we're talking about X Men Black Mojo. Yeah. Um, Not to be confused with X Men Black Magneto. <laughs> this is by Scott Ackerman, and the art is Nick Bradshaw. Um, this was a lot of fun for me because Wolverine and the X Men, I think, was one of my top X-Men series in the last few years. Um, and a lot of that was due to Nick Bradshaw. Um, he's just an awesome, awesome artist. I think he's kind of like the next Oh, Art the Adams. artist. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the artist top shelf. Yeah. I like the style. It allows itself for a lot of good coloring and a lot of good... Mm-hmm. It, there's very little muddying up, you know what I mean? It's very clean looking. Yes, yeah, and, and that's something to be said when one of the characters is like a skeleton in a pink Herman, body Herman sleeve. Glob. Herman Glob, which is a Grant Morrison creation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's kind of fun. Um, so just to kind of sum it up, in this uh, Mojo's been stuck on Earth for the last few years, and and he's trying to create new and different TV shows where people kill each other, and he's got a secret crush. Uh, he's got a crush on the girl in the coffee shop, and uh, he gets some dating advice from Herman Glob, who is himself a kind of a freak like Mojo, and it's a bit of a... How would you describe Herman Glob for people who don't know him off the top of their head? Herman Glob is... How would you describe him? He's got <laughs> translucent skin, and you can see everything inside. You can see his organs, you can see his skeleton, and on the outside, it's pink... And I think it's actually kind of a, a waxy material because I remember during the ride at Xavier, he got lit on fire and he was like throwing his skin at people and weaponizing it. So he's he's pretty crazy. Um, there's some other freaks in here. There's a, a brand new mutant called Mucus, apparently, mm-hmm. who uh, spits on people. I don't know what that power's all about you know i i gotta throw a flag on this one one that's wildly inappropriate <laughs> um like if it, just, just spitting on people for whatever reason should be definitely something one only does at home and <laughs> two <laughs> did we two consenting adults between folks. two consenting adults always consent people all right so we've reached the halfway point to this recording 
Uh, it's at this point uh, that uh, Bo had a break in his recording, and he has uh, he needs a moment to get everything back in order. So uh, we pick right back up after everything gets in order. So here you go. Carry on, folks. Inappropriate spitting. Yeah. So maybe we uh, maybe we keep that at home between <laughs> two consenting adults. Probably a good idea. And it looks like X-23 is not consenting here. He's just spitting all over her. That's, uh, that's not right. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep a straight face. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> we got a plane going over his right now. So. Um, we can talk right through it. They'll edit that out. And okay. The irony, of course, is we're talking about uh, a, guy, a mutant named Mucus spitting on X-23 um, and changing the fastball special into what's called now the spitball special, special because it makes them harder to track her movement through the air. Which didn't even work. It didn't it work. didn't even work. He spit all over her for nothing. Uh, <laughs> this is definitely one of the weirder issues of X-Men I've read in a while and I do like my weird X-Men. Um, but was it too weird or not weird enough? It's on, it's kind of on that cusp, right? Right. So it, it feels kind of traditional in a lot of ways, but you also have a, a sentinel who fell in love with a mindless one and had a baby called the sentient one or the half-sentient one. I forget what it was, what it was called. The half-sentient. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mojo's a lot of fun. Um... I think Mojo's more fun when he's, like, truly evil, though. Like... Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. Like, it was fun to see Mojo do something a little different and be a little different. Right. And maybe it's part of a redemption arc for Mojo. I don't know. Um, Which I don't... I don't need. I don't need them to do that like they did with Magneto. Magneto like and everybody else. Juggernaut. Um, it's they almost, kind of did with Apocalypse, too. It's almost so, like the X-Men or Goku, and every time they fight somebody, they inevitably yeah. convert them back to their team, and they become good guys. Except for Frieza. Frieza's always going to be a bastard. Frieza's currently on... Uh, oh, no. Is that in Super? Yeah. Uh, so yeah and and Super, Super Frieza has fought with them. Whether or not he's going to become a good guy is up to debate, but <clears throat> the uh, it's, it's there. The possibility is there. So, okay, let me ask you this. So... Obviously, there's been there's some um, commenting or some similarities between Mojo and a particular comics group right now, we could call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to me like they're kind of saying, oh, well, people in this group, just they just need to go on a date and they'll chill out. You know, if they can just learn how to talk to women properly, then uh, everything will be okay. Did you get that sense, or...? Am I kind of alone in that? Well, okay, yes, I, I did pick up on some of that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, phrase incel. I think it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's a touch on the insulting. Um, <clears throat> in, insulting. Uh, but there's a lot that can be said when you start uh, scratching at meta stuff or you got opinions that you want to bleed in. Look. Um, I am all for the idea of comics being a place where people uh, air out their laundry one right. way or the other. Um, and that's going to happen whether you want it to or not, right? Um, there's no surprises there. Uh, that's been going on forever. 
there's plenty of uh, quote-unquote uh, award-winning writers and artists who have uh, had their uh, slipped their ideas and opinions about stuff, right. uh, much to the chagrin of editors. Um, I'm not a big fan of it personally. <laughs> um, but this was, this feels like this is way too on the nose for it to slip past an editor. Yeah. This seems like direct commentary. Uh, yeah, I mean, it feels a bit on the nose. Um, I don't imagine that somebody's not going to know exactly what's going on here. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to be honest. Um, I think everybody should have a voice and a say in stuff, right? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Like, speaking, like, from having been someone who was a fan of comics when it wasn't necessarily the in thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm old enough to have uh, gotten shit for being the kid reading a comic under a tree. Oh, yeah. Um, and having gotten singled out and messed with for you know, You know what's funny is that uh, one of my coworkers was showing me pictures from her daughter's homecoming, and every single year, like, um, grade had a Marvel-themed homecoming float. Can you imagine that in the days when we were growing up? Like, everyone, like there was a Black Panther one, there was a Spider-Man one, there was a Guardians of the Galaxy one. Like, that's... It's, this is the golden age of geek, right? Yeah. I mean, like, this is it. Like, if you're, if you're a fan right now and this is all you've known, this is the most wonderful time. Yeah. Because there's something for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's so mainstream now that, you know... Everybody's just like, oh, I can easily get my geeky t-shirt at Target or yeah. whatever I want. Like, it's e- easy. Um, so it, I, I get a little bit uh, curmudgeon-y uh, <laughs> when I see people start sort of uh, partitioning themselves right. into segments. Uh, because for me... There's only ever just been you're either a comic fan or you're not. Right. Like there's no gradients here. Right. Right. Um, you like comics, you read comics, and that's it. Yeah. Like that's all you had to have in common. The, the most <clears throat> uh, vitriolic we got was, oh, there's no way Magneto could stop such and such with his magnetic. <laughs> who would win in a fight? Who, yeah, yeah. Who wins in a yeah. fight? And I was like, well, you know. And by the way, Superman beats Batman every time. Every time. Except for the time that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so. <laughs> but like you know uh, is the Hulk stronger than Magneto if he's wearing sneakers you know like, yeah. like silly questions you know um, silly things and you know we, we would get serious about it to a point but it was never like uh, probably the most heated would get would be the Marvel DC debate right yeah who's better who's be- who's better yeah. and but that was it it wasn't really this real thing right. um, that anybody took to heart um, and now it's like you're either one or the other, and I look at people like, really? Like, who gives a flying big Newton? Um, they're, dude, be happy. You yeah. have comic book movies. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they are. It doesn't matter how good they are. It doesn't matter. Like, it's happening. And they're good, too. It's not like when we, like, all we had growing up was the, the Captain America movie where he had the rubber ears, you know? Mm-hmm. Or the, uh, or... Oh, oh, oh. Uh... Hulk and Thor in their original iteration on television, <laughs> you know, which was Lou Ferrigno and the really tall blonde guy with the furry shoulders yeah. on. It was the original team up of Thor and Hulk. Um, that that was as good as it got, you know. Right. 
we had some TV shows. We had Batman, Adam West. We had Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Right. We had those were the stuff that made it to quote unquote mainstream. Right. And even that wasn't really particularly and so, well, huge. And then, uh, to a point, it was just Superman and then Batman all day long. They were like that iconic. Yeah, yeah. And then the 2000s hits, like the late 90s, 2000s, and ironically, the the industry has to almost jump on its own sword and kill itself for it to give up these IPs everywhere. Yeah. And it's that giving up of those IPs to other medias that allow it to sort of go out into the world, right. into TV shows, into movies, into all these other places. And now it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to get all their stuff back. But without that happening, without the 90s, we wouldn't have what we have now. It's sort of this weird sort of manifest destiny, right? If they didn't kill themselves with the 90s, we wouldn't have what we you know this explosion in the 2000s and right. 2010s of all the movies because all these other people wouldn't own their IPs go figure um, and th- I mean there's there's an argument to be made that if you own your own IPs and you're the only one controlling it you um, might be doing more damage than good Justice League oh yeah <laughs> shots fired shots fired shots shots fired um, no, we, we, we've, we've kicked DC way too many times. <laughs> uh, we've had entire episodes dedicated to kicking DC down and then kicking it when it's down yeah. and then talking about why we keep kicking it when it's down. Real quick, though, did you hear that James Gunn might be writing Suicide Squad 2? And if he does, amazing pickup. Yeah. Just do it, man. <coughs> do it. Now, if we can pick up somebody else to, do, to be our, our, our fighty for DC yeah. and just steer the boat yeah. that'll be the next step I I, I don't know they need, if I want they need an Iron Man I think they need no no they could they, but they need an Iron Man they need somebody to do this thing where it becomes this easier segue and someone to steer the ship because oh, that's I think what that was like Wonder Woman like Wonder Woman could have been their Iron Man because that that movie was better than I think anybody expected it to be it was it was good despite itself, um, because when your bar is already as low as BVS, um, and everybody wants this superheroine movie, like it can't lose. Like it could, but it, it was never going to happen. And the only thing DC did that Marvel didn't was put it out first. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because if Marvel had put out Captain Marvel first, we wouldn't be having this discussion. No, I I don't know. I think they just made a solid solid movie overall. Uh, it's something that was really enjoyable. I think they were desperate to try to figure out who to put after Batman and Superman. And after they completely tripped over themselves with uh, Green Lantern, yeah. it's the only logical choice. Yeah. Because she's the next most recognizable character DC has. Because, yeah. let's be honest, Green Lantern was rough. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I know this hurts you personally. This no, is, you have some okay. of the feels here. It's, it's okay. Share the feels. It's okay. How did you feel about the Green Lantern movie uh the greenland you know i and they're was, supposedly gonna redo it soon supposedly yeah yeah um i like brian reynolds i do like brian reynolds as an actor i think he was kind of miscast um i've kind of heard of a couple of behind the scenes stories that it wasn't really you know the movie was kind of set up to fail in a lot of ways um yeah it wasn't a good mix from the start. I I actually I remember hearing that the the list was down to Ryan Reynolds, Bradley Cooper, and Justin Timberlake. That was like their 
there. Yeah, I heard that one. I heard that one too. And And I I think Bradley Cooper was way more of a Hal Jordan than Ryan Reynolds or Justin. I could think of five guys off the top of my head that I would I would give that go. I mean, like, yeah, sure. I mean, there's better Hal Jordans, but of those three, you know, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Um, and then on top of that, they might they might make they're they're looking at Tom Cruise. For the next Green Lantern, which... And Mike, and my buddy Mike hates that I'm saying that. I'm like, I think it's a brilliant choice. I think it's so good. I think it's so good. I'm so excited He's He's going to completely disavow your opinion on everything now because he's like, no, Tom Cruise is too old. Yeah. You need to stop. No, no, no. And I'm like... But have you seen the photo? He's in town right now filming Top Gun. Top he Gun, looks, yeah, yeah. He looks 35, man. It's great. So here's what I would do. I would have... And this is my, my quote-unquote writing skills. I would have Tom Cruise as Green Lantern and then I would have him die. And I would have... Uh, Basically be the, like the Avid Sir kind of like character. Not Avid Sir himself, but Avid Sir type character. Yeah, in that, in that role and pass it on to Jon Stewart. Yeah. And cast Jon Stewart as Green Lantern. Yeah, and move that, forward that with would that. work. Yeah. Like, I could find uh, okay. several people I would put in. The, Michael B. Jordan, you want to be a space dude? Here you <laughs> go, bro. Be a lantern. You know, like... He can act his butt off, dude. Michael B. Jordan, do you want to be in every superhero cinematic universe ever made? Yes. Do it. He's going to be in the Rockyverse. I'm sure he'll show up in the Rambo-verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Terminator-verse. He's going to be everywhere. Why not? I'm all game. Anyway, we got yeah, to get back to Mojo. Back, back to verses in the Mojo-verse. Yeah, so, yeah. yes, I thought it was a little on the nose. No, I'm not particularly a fan of, of the whole snipey back-and-forth yeah, crap yeah. going on in comics right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I just want people to get along and like their comics. Dude, right. Like what you like. If you don't like it, that's fine. But you yeah. don't need to. You don't need to personally attack. I am. I'm, I'm really tired of people throwing crap at each other yeah. over this. Like it's exhausting. Yeah. Like it's going through my feet all the time. And I'm like, you guys are wasting your time doing this <laughs> when you could just be enjoying comics. Is yeah. it the comics you like? Probably not. Is it the comics you want? Probably not. Do what I did. Step off, take a sabbatical, come back in four right. or five years, and, and let it do its job. Or the other thing is, too, is that um, if you're not seeing the comics out there that you want to see, go make them. And that's, like, that's what I did with um, Unstoppable Cherub. I didn't see a character who looked like me, so I made one. Did it take a lot of work? Yeah, it took a lot of work. Well, I mean, like I, from what I understand, somebody did try to do just that. And when they tried to do just that, somebody uh, stepped in. And said, no, don't do that. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I heard that. But there, there's, there's other avenues, too. Um, I'm just saying, let everybody make whatever comics they want. Right, and right. then feel free to universally pan everything in sight. Right. Because, like, at least at that point, you try to make something, and then you can say something about it. You know what I mean? Right. Because I've always been of the opinion, I don't ever really critique in seriousness anybody's work, because I can't and I haven't. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, good job, dude. I know what I like for art, and I know what I like for writing, and that's as far as my opinion goes. Um, so Mojo being a stand-in for the uh, less-than crowd, <laughs> a little much. Um, but at the end of the day, he, he I guess it was going to happen eventually, right? Yeah. Someone was going to make the comparison at some point. Okay. And, you know, it's a fun issue. I like it. Yeah, they keep sliding that in the back with the apocalypse stuff. Like, if they're getting to a point, I wish they'd do it sooner. Yeah. I mean, like, why not just do apocalypse black at that point then and just tell the story? I mean, I think it's a way to kind of add a tack an extra dollar onto that. 
We're gonna hold at two ninety nine. All right. So how many uh, mojos do you give this? Ooh, um, probably three and a half mojos, and that's mainly for the Bradshaw, the Nick Bradshaw art. Um, I'm gonna give this two solid mojos. One for the <clears throat> spitball silliness, <laughs> and one for the art. Um, like I, I love the art. The story was mm, wobbly at best. Um, I I, just, I like the interaction between him and Herman Glob. I thought they had a nice kind of odd couple um, relationship, or not really odd couple, but uh, interaction. Interaction. Yeah. The, yeah. the play off each other. Yeah. It's just I don't ever see them making that an ongoing, uh, or even a limited series. <laughs> It's like, you know, the, the adventures of Herman Galab. I mean, if he's with Deadpool, I could see that. But, you know, it's one of those things. I, you know, I, I might pick up a, a Mojo Herman Glob team-up miniseries and see where it goes. You know what? In the current state of comics, yeah, that's as fair a game as any right yeah. now. Because it's anywhere and everywhere. But it would just have to be so weird. It would have to be, like, almost like, like Grant Morrison's type. Just surreal and you mean like Modoc agent of yeah yeah kind of off the wall yeah just all kinds of weird characters Gwenpool yeah yeah okay um and of course speaking of flashbacks yeah Flash uh Flash is probably my top uh DC hero book that I that I I read although I I will say that I've lapsed since Rebirth started in the first year uh i started reading um, i'm more of a barry allen guy than a wild west guy how about you hey I, I, I like them both for different reasons Fair. i'm gonna be honest um i've always felt like at some point they should just do what they did with the og uh classic uh flash uh and just pass the torch and move on yeah um the fact that they keep bringing them back and swapping them out ad nauseum is like just Stop it! It's like the, it's like Hal and uh, Kyle, mm-hmm. like just just you pass the torch or don't like pick one. Right. You know what I mean? Uh, I I gotta say I'm more of a Barry guy, but that I started reading with Brightest Day. Okay. With with Jeff Johns and Francis Monopole, and now it's just such a fun series. Um, and I think I really think that series more than anything was kind of the inspiration for the show, mm-hmm. which the show is. Just Fantastic. Well, too. well, Show Flash is like this weird hybrid of both of them, anyway. Right. Like they, I couldn't pull one out of the other if I really tried. I couldn't pull one of them out from the other if I tried. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Um. But yeah, so uh, Comic Flash is definitely not TV Flash, though. It's not, um, but it, it is a lot of fun. Like I said, I, I kind of fell off with Rebirth in that first mm, ten issues or so. So um, I was interested to see where I go, but just my pull just kind of got too big. Um, this I picked this up because it's the cover by Dan Panoshian is solid. Um, if you don't know, DC's doing these kind of foil covers right now where they they use pretty much just one color. Um, and it's got um, Flash. Oh, some red. <laughs> it's got Flash, and he's getting ready to, to start running. He looks like he's starting, getting ready to start a race. Um, and it's just a really, really solid cover. And then it's Scott Collins doing the art. Scott, uh, yeah, Collins, who mm-hmm. is one of the big time Flash artists. Um, 
Now the story itself, I'm a little lost because I've been out of it for a while. Uh, the Sage Force has lost you, has it? The Sage Force, yeah. And I was just saying something before we started recording is that it seems like DC keeps trying to redo the Green Lantern core, the the color cores, or the emotional spectrum, whatever they call it. Yeah, they want to they want to open up the Speed Force. Right. They want to do a Speed Force. They want a, a Strength Force, Force. A Sage Force. A Sage Force. Yeah, and it's like uh, it's like when Jeff Lemire was writing Green Arrow a few years back. He had the different clans. There was an Arrow Clan and an Axe Clan and a Sword Clan, and it, it's like not everything needs to be to be the a lantern. whole spectrum, you know? Yeah. You know, is, is Batman going to be coming up against like the different rodent families now? <laughs> Did you not like metal? Did you not appreciate the Hawk people and the Bat people and the other people? Where, where we have to turn every member of the Justice League into Batman? The Dark Knights Rise. Yeah, I, I read the Flash issue. The Flash one was a lot of fun. Murder Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, the Red Death. Red Death. Sorry. Flash the Red Death. I'm gonna say Murder Machine. Murder Machine was the cyborg one. Okay. Right. Um, he's a train. He's a killer train or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, my favorite one was uh, the the Lantern one, <clears throat> where he's like clearly so stubborn and so Batman he can break a lantern ring just on the force of his stubbornness. <laughs> Like, wait, what? And, uh... So I'm gonna spare myself a little bit here. Alright, and this is why I try to get this stuff done earlier, but it happens. Um... Hazards. So. Uh... Speed Force, Strength Force, Sage Force, uh, as you mentioned, clearly parallels for... Uh, the amethyst and the yeah. the jade rings and the fear rings and the greed ring. like yeah. they want to open it up they want right. to expand it because they they saw the success of yeah. that for the lanterns and I like I'll I'll concede that there's only so many speedsters you can do with Flash there's only so many different yeah races he can run right you know there's there's Zoom and there's Reverse Flash and there's Savitar and there's Godspeed. And and the, all exactly. Of like, it's it's not unlike the TV show where, like, yeah. uh, it's an evil clone of, of Barry. Yeah. No, that's stupid. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> an evil clone of Barry. You know, <laughs> I had that discussion with Mike, too, <clears throat> before we found out the reveal on the TV series. And he was like, it's going to be an evil version of Barry. And I'm like, no, they're not going to do anything yeah. quite so stupid. Like, that's just dumb. They have all the options. There's no way they're doing... They're doing Evil I Barry. I, I think the third season was probably one of my favorites. I just started fourth season uh, a couple days ago. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a full season behind. Um, but we'll see. When it comes to The Flash, I can understand, like you said, their want to do other things. Right. So, for example, like there's a reason why Cold uh, is such a huge villain for Flash. Because he's very different from Flash. Yeah. He's not just a fast guy. <clears throat> he's clever. He's a scientist in his own right. <clears throat> he's got a cool, you know, ice gun. Right. Um, and I remember when I first started reading Flash years ago, I saw Captain Cole and I was like, the Flash should be beating him yeah, he's kind of, all the time. He's kind of ridiculous, but... Like, how hard is... You literally run up, take the gun out of his hands, and he's got nothing. But it's never that easy. 
Isn't it? It's, it's didn't they say one time that it's not a cold gun? It's like an absolute zero gun. Yeah, something where like that. Like he, he actually stops the molecules, and that's pretty cool. And that's how you beat the Flash. And that's how you beat the Flash. Um, but so, like, I think the more interesting rogues gallery for him happens to be people who aren't fast. Yeah. Because the speed thing is, like you pointed out, done over and over yeah. and over again. Um, so if they have, actually, you know, Grodd. Grodd's my favorite Flash villain. Five. <laughs> mm. I love the Sibian stuff. Like yeah. anytime it's like super hyper intelligent gorillas smoking pipes with and bunny slippers talking about how simple and stupid you are. It tickles me in a very special place. Now I might, uh, I might be writing uh, something that he might make you happier in the next uh, the next year or so. So <laughs> good, good, because Gorilla Grodd is my favorite Flash villain, <clears throat> and especially out of the animated series when they did Grodd, and he was just so much fun. Yeah, I'm like oh look, it's Lex Luthor again. Come to screw us over, have you? You know, <laughs> tell him Grodd, tell him. No more monkey shines. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but we got in this. We don't have Captain Cold. We have Commander Cold. And one of the. So what's to do with Commander Cold? What, what did he get an upgrade? Uh, get... No, this is. I think this is one of the. Um, during the brightest day run that Jeff Johns was doing, he brought in. I don't know if they were the, the renegades or they were basically cops from the future who were in. A reverse flash police force mm. and they all had specialized powers so he is basically the good version of cold from the future not like the future like the OG X-Men future like far in the future like, it's like from the 25th century or something thousand, like a thousand years or something yeah, like yeah. that right and so he's he's come back and uh, I don't know how but uh, that can make for a pretty interesting team up um like to, I'd like to read more. I want to go back and read Flash War, actually, because I heard that was pretty fun. I guess for me, the idea of Flash, uh, and I'm willing to give them the time to sort of hash it out a little bit more than I'm others, because like you, I like the Flash yeah. um, as a character and as an idea. Um, so if they want to <clears throat> take the shot at trying to open up his rogues gallery and the things that he's dealing with with uh, other forces then I'm fine with it. Like, give it a go. And if it falls on its face, then no worries. We'll just have him run really fast and uh, save somebody else that shouldn't be saved, and we're back from the yeah. start. Yeah, another Flash Boy. Yep. Uh, yeah. How many rogues do you give this? I gave this one three out of five rogues. Yeah. Uh, about, I, I'll give it two and a half, I think only because I was kind of a loss where the story is. Um... Art's good. Um, I'm playing. I just walk through it. It's fine. Okay. Um, the art's the art solid. Scott Collins is always great. Um, I'll pick up the next one. See where it goes. Um, yeah, I'd li- I would like to read more Flash than I actually do. Um, but like I said, sometimes my my pull just gets so big, and it's kind of it's it's not so good to where I gotta pick it up every week mm. or every month. But it's it's good enough for like when I do, I'm happy that I did. My my focus has gotten much more narrow in scope. Um, I have my handful of DC, my handful of Marvel, and then Indies. Like that, I'm basically trying to you know uh, undiscovered country in the Indies. I'm just looking for 
other writers and other concepts and other ideas. I think only because as I get older, I've seen enough of this already where I'm just like, okay, let me predict where this is going. Okay, cool. We're done. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and speaking of uh, things that one could not possibly predict, <laughs> Crisis for DC, specifically Heroes in Crisis. So I think someone had fun with the idea of trying to do a Crisis storyline for DC post-rebirth. Uh, yeah. And they've come up with the idea of Heroes in Crisis. And I think this is the most interesting, potentially... Um, well, I think this is more reminiscent of Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis, from, yeah. From a few years ago. But uh, DC loves its crisis. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very much. Just like Marvel loves its Infinity, mm-hmm. DC loves its Crises. Crisi? Crisis. What's the multiple of cri- crises? Crises. Crises on infinite Earths. Uh, Bo, why don't you tell the folks what Heroes in Crisis is about? Heroes in Crisis is a story that... Uh, follows the idea that the uh, Trinity, uh, that is uh, a geek slang for Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman of DC, who have uh, set up a sort of a safety net uh, for the heroes who deal with the rigors of fighting bad guys and getting hurt and losing family members. Um, and uh, so this is a system put in place by the three of them partially for themselves and partially for the other heroes where the heroes get to uh, talk to somebody in the strictest confidence about uh, what they've seen and what they've dealt with as heroes um, as a way for them to help manage their own uh, mental state, if you will. Kind of a a therapeutic retreat. Exactly. Get away. Um, Because, you know, heroes save everybody, but, you know, who do heroes genuinely talk to about a lot of the decisions and choices that they've made that have really affected them personally. You know, who does Flash talk to about not having saved his mom because he knows if he did, then he just wrecks everything. Um, Who does Wonder Woman talk to about, you know, breaking uh, Cord's neck? Uh, Sorry, no, it was not Cord's. Maxwell Lord's neck as a sort of revengeance for the death of uh, the Blue Beetle. Now, is this the first appearance of Sanctuary? I haven't... I had, I'm I not be- familiar with it. I believe so. Okay. I think this is actually rather new. Okay. I can't remember any other reference to Sanctuary, although I could be wrong. I, I don't think I am. Um, I I like the art. The art is crisp. Clayman is great. This this really took me a while to read because I... There's a lot of detail. I wanted to slow down. I wanted to take in every bit of of detail on this page like even on this first panel you see this guy's reaction it's just so yeah you can see it all in his eyes um yeah it's it's a beautiful beautiful book um um the storytelling the the setup is very uh poignant and it is one part uh revelation and one part mystery yeah and what's the event that kicks off Heroes in Crisis Bo? Uh, that would be the death of a hero Not or just five, a. several heroes yeah. actually. I think it's it's been advertised as um, what would happen if there was a mass shooting within the superhero community, and so we lose um, a bunch of heroes, several several kind of no namers. Mm. Um, what is this Lagoon Lad? C, C-, C- list. Yeah, C list. 
there is uh, there is a hot co- spot. There are a couple of Nazi listers on there though. Yeah. And that sort of got people riled up. It, it, yeah, and so before we started recording, I I think I was talking to um, you or one of our friends, and I said, I I'm not sure that what we saw is actually what we saw mm-hmm. um, here, and um, and maybe we'll get into spoilers in a bit, but I I think that the fact that they took off several bigger characters off panel um, is kind of needs me to think that there's there's going to be way more to this than we just think it is mm-hmm. um, especially one of the characters who was kind of brought back recently um, so the contention uh, that we're dancing around spoilers galore here here it is um there is at least one character here that everyone is sort of up in arms about, and that is Arsenal. Um, and and well, and the other one. And the other and the other one, uh, being who we just talked about in Flash, ironically, um, and that I believe is Wally. Yeah, yeah, Wally West, the 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 red Wally West. The red right Wally here, West. Yeah, the, yeah, the redheaded younger African American one. Yes. So the. And I kind of had a feeling on some ways that as long as they held on to the other Wally West, that this was they were going to have to basically make Sophie's choice and choose which one of the yeah, two they were going to sacrifice. Yeah. I, I, I definitely... It, it's weird because in some ways it makes a lot of sense and in some ways it doesn't make very much sense at all. Mm-hmm. Um, when I, I, I started reading Rebirth and I thought that Wally is going to be kind of this key to the whole Rebirth storyline of what's going on with, with Dr. Manhattan and the whole uh, Doomsday Clock... And they kind of set him up as this sort of central key figure, so that's what kind of makes me think that maybe maybe he's not quite gone. That maybe there's something, there's another element at play here. Um, but at the same time, when you do have two Wally Wests running around, uh, I I feel like it's probably bad optics to kill the young African American in a supposed superhero mass shooting. Just a little bit. Yeah. So um, I, I think if you're gonna take one out, it's, it's gonna be. It's gonna be the red Wally, not the other one. Well, the, the uh, what is it? The the, the callus. Uh, the ginger didn't have any soul anyway. Yeah. Like, come on, guys, you can do better than this. Yeah, um, and so it's weird because they just brought him back. Um, I know I, that's and that's the kicker. Yeah. So like, the only reason why I don't like okay, if you're gonna bring him back, then have him back and do something with him right. that's relevant and important to right. bringing him back. Um, and then for them to just turn around and be like, oh, and now he's gone. You're right. And I'm like, but, but why then? Like, why go to all this trouble? And the only uh, idea I have that comes out of this is that the Doomsday stuff, uh, Doomsday Clock stuff, is not coming out as fast as it was supposed to. Maybe, yeah. So now it's gotten pushed out to, like, what is it? Once every two months or something like yeah. that. Like it's gotten pushed out way out there. So instead of like getting it in a year, we're getting it in two years. Yeah. Um, so if there was an import to him for that particular idea and storyline, that's gone. Right. There's no way that holds up now. Right. Um, and if I think it was going to come out shortly after and the speed that it was, it might have been a different story. Yeah. But I get the feeling editorial has made some choices. Yeah. Well, I mean, it definitely looks like they're kind of targeting some of the um, the Titans, the classic Titans, because mm-hmm. so we, we said both Arsenal and Wally got taken out, and uh, you know Nightwing recently has been debrained, uh-huh. so he's got a whole uh, a whole new personality, I guess. 
And I, I know that uh, I've heard, I should say, that there's someone in DC editorial who's kind of headed out for some of those characters for a while. Uh, but this isn't, see, that's what kills me. So I argue personally from a DC standpoint because I love DC a lot. I'm a big fan of their stuff. The Titans were one of their premier mm-hmm. titles for a long time for a lot of reasons. Solid storytelling, right. great art, uh, a lot of heart and thought. Uh, this idea of the spiritual successorship of their sort of iconic mentors. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's all there. It all plays itself out into this perfect storm of just this, like, these are now your legacy heroes, and it's super easy. But, <laughs> in, in the fashion that they've done this a few times before, they punch down on the Titans. Yeah. This happened when the Superman from the 80s or whatever... Uh, Super Superman, uh, the unstoppable Superman, punched through reality and oh, uh, Superboy Prime. Superboy Prime, right. uh, when he ripped through the Titans first yeah. before he got to anybody else, and I'm like, why always the Titans? Right. Come on, guys! Like, you got plenty of like old blood to just like take out, and why did they never let Titans get steam and maintain? Yeah. They yank Cyborg out from the under them. They do away with Raven for a while. They murder. Like, they're always, like, taking pot shots at the Titans. Right. And they're so, like, fractured right now because, I guess, you know, um, Beast Boys with the Teen Titans, and mm-hmm. Cyborg's on Justice League, and Starfire's here, Raven's there, and, yeah, yeah. and Donna's all over. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard to figure out what's really going on with that with that team. Um and I'm used to confusing teams. I'm an X-Men fan. <laughs> but so now I, I look at what you're saying here and I'm like, I guess I should have seen that coming. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is weird considering the fact that they're just getting ready to launch a brand new Titans TV show. Yeah, I know. But the question is, is, well, I mean, let's be honest. Neither of those two characters are on, I believe, that Titans TV show. Yeah, that's right. Especially since they have Wally and... In the CW universe right now. Yep. Um, but but um, going back to what I was talking about, where I, I don't think it's quite what it is, is I've been checking around, checking out some of the other DC titles, and like I think in Green Arrow and in Titans, they talk about losing Roy. They say Roy's dead, he's gone. You know, um, Green Arrow's dealing with it. The rest of his team is dealing with it. But nowhere have I seen anybody saying anything about Wally's death. Um, even in this, you know, this month's flash, we were looking at it. I didn't see anything say anything about that. I don't think there was anything in this last issue of Titans. I have to wait a month because sometimes, as I've seen before, the yeah. timing on titles isn't right. always like spot on. Right, but why? But Wally was on the Titans with Roy. Why would they talk about one and not the other? Um. So, mm, I don't know. It's a good question. You raise a very good question, and that's the other, that's the one thing that has is going to keep me tuned into the Heroes in Crisis is because there is an element of a mystery. Because the only way somebody ran off on a killing spree like that is if it was someone on the inside. Yeah, because the only people who know about it are heroes. Yeah, and they imply that too. Um, Kind of part of the highlight for for this issue for me, other than the art, was the interaction between Booster Gold and, and Harley Quinn. I thought was a lot of a lot of fun. Well, I mean, I like the dynamic. I think they're good choices. 
All right, let me rephrase that. I think she's a good choice. <laughs> um, my issue with Booster Gold is I would have picked somebody other than Booster. Um, I think Booster's low-hanging fruit for a lot of reasons. Right. Um, they've already vilified him for a bit. Um, and I don't... Even if he did or he didn't, like it becomes a non-issue when you have somebody who travels time. So it goes back to the X-Men that we started with. Is like, does it matter when someone can travel time and change things? Is it really? Are there really stakes here anymore? Well, I I, I think Tom King is going to surprise us. I don't think I really read anything by Tom King where I was like, oh, he really didn't know what he was doing. Um, like Mister Mister Miracle right now is. Mm, so how dare hard. you bring up Mr. Miracle? Uh, I was so all in up until that last issue. Oh, I've actually I'm not I'm a few behind. I'm I have the last three in my poll and I'm waiting for the last one to come out. I'm gonna I'm gonna binge them all. Spoilers, something happens. <laughs> um be prepared. Okay. Now I can't even say what I want to say about this because you haven't seen it yet. I if, just, anything you're upset about, there's still one more issue to come out that might wrap it all up. Did you read Vision? No. Uh, Vision's another Tom King one. Where, okay. Where it's, and don't get me wrong. I think Tom, Green, Tom King's a pretty good... Yeah. Although, he really needs to let go of the, the nine-panel format. It's... it's. Yeah, he's got some nine-panels in it's, here. It's, and it's too much, man. Like, that... I don't know if that's his thumbprint or what, but he, he likes his nine-panel format on a page. It's, it's very, very Watchmen. It's very Watchmen. It's very Mr. Miracle. Yeah. It's very, like, come on, dude. I, I get it. When you want to do some exposition, you can fit a lot into nine panels, <laughs> but you're killing me, Tom. Just, yeah. Just switch it up. Change it up, man. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually counseling some, uh, some, some, com- some new comic writers right now, and, and one of them had a, a nine-panel grid in there, and I said, "You might want to step away from that. You might want to, you might want to break it up a little bit more." He said, "Oh no, it's going to be for an action scene." I'm like, "Okay, you, you can, but think about it." Think about mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. And Tom King's like, "Action! This is exposition, <laughs> yeah, baby." Talking heads. Talking heads. Um, so yeah, I like the idea. I like the premise. The art is amazing. The yeah. the the thought that went into this is good. Um, the characters seem very small against the backdrops. Right. Um, and that's very purposeful, clearly. Yeah. And there's, um, there's a beautiful panel with Superman when he's, um, he's got his head sticking out of the wheat and he just looks so, so small and so powerless. Yeah. Um. Like he's lost. Yeah. And that's purposeful because he kind of is. It's like, what, what do you do with that? You know right. what I mean? Um, and, and, and I think that part's well done. I just want them to. I guess I'm a little tired of the only stakes being bumping off characters that people don't think are worth a damn. You know mm, what I mean? Right. It's one of those. Well, do they have their own ongoing? Does anybody really care? Yeah. Okay, let's just throw them under the bus. Yeah. And uh, I hate when it's always a titan. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like leave the titans alone, damn it. Yeah. Um, it's either a titan or a young justice, sir. Yeah, seriously. And there's, there's that is a real thing, though. Uh, if you look at it, whether it's Marvel or DC, uh, like we talked about earlier with Marvel and the Battle Royale stuff, they, they, they'll they eat their young. Yeah. They'll sacrifice the younger characters to hold on to the yeah. older characters. And 
throw them in the grinder, man. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a lot of um, trying to have your cake and eat it too, especially when you have multiple characters running around with the same uh, same mantle. power sets. So and yeah, you know, legacies. We, you know, we were talking about Miles and Peter earlier. Personally, for me, I think Miles has more. It's more interesting when Peter isn't around. Yeah, uh, when he's that legacy. Because when character. when Peter's there, he's just the sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just another Spider-Man. And he's not the Spider-Man. I think Miles really comes into his own more when he gets to be the Spider-Man. But I like this. I'm interested to see where it's going. Likewise. Um, you know, they will definitely have me for um, at least a few issues for Heroes in Crisis. So how many uh, we're gonna capes or masks? <laughs> how many dead bodies? <laughs> uh, how, many, how many dead Titan bodies are we going to give this out of five? Four and a half. Wow. Four and a half bodies. Wow. I'm giving this a solid three because we actually had to go there. Yeah. Like, damn it. Leave the Titans alone. <laughs> if you can make the Teen Titans go, I'll use them. Like, just sacrifice them. We don't need them anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm excited. And this is one of the highlights for me for DC right yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. This, this uh, Mr. Miracle. Um, I'm excited about the Grant Morrison Green Lantern. I want to check that out. See where that goes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because Green Lantern hasn't been... Um, really all that interesting for me since Blackest Night ended mm-hmm. um, so I'd like to jump back into that um, and then oh wait did you read White Knight? yes White Knight is solid and they just announced the sequel oh they are doing the sequel? Yeah. okay yeah. there you go folks yeah. alright well uh, we have uh, plumbed a lot of super herring today <laughs> uh, it was a super effort uh, from Mr. Rebus to help me get through this uh, week's uh, highlights for the polls and I hope to have this out to you guys very shortly uh, please give us your feedback your opinions your ideas uh, as always you can uh, find us at uh, GOTW uh, podcast uh, Twitter uh, and uh, Travis what are your uh, socials yeah my uh, my Twitter and my Instagram are at Rivas R-I-V-A-S Travis um, and if you want to buy my books, you can go to www.accidentalaliens.com. Uh, you can you can find our store there as well. You can pick up a shirt, you can pick up a comic, uh, pick up a sticker. Uh, yeah, please uh, please come find us. And as he said, he's got some exciting things coming out that I will definitely be looking at. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, have fun, have a blast, uh, keep reading, having. Uh, your, your geeky moments uh, share away and uh, we'll see you later I will see you later bye bye hater